Welcome Black Hollywood Live fans. On today's Fit Club, prepare to get fit-faced with fitness rock star Ali Spagnola. Stay tuned for more. You're tuned into Black Hollywood Live, Fit Club. What's up? <laughs> I love that. Of course We're gonna you do love that song. <laughs> What's up, Black Hollywood Live fans? We are back again. As you know, my name is Shaka Smith. You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and Snapchat at Shaka Strong. You can find me on everything at TK Trinidad. And of course, we have to welcome our Sultana of Suds, our Baroness of Booze, um, Ali Spagnola. Where can they find you? Hi, you can find me as Ali Spagnola on all of the things. <laughs> nice. Oh, we got some great stories. And um, we're going to dive into, uh, I think you're probably our first sort of fitness expert who's really made a niche in this sort of alcohol yeah. <laughs> consumption um, area. I think you've created it. Really. Yeah, it's a niche because no one's doing it but me. <laughs> well, it's amazing. But we, we've got some great stories, and maybe you can give us some insight. Sure. Um, the first story, I guess we do have to beware, um, excessive alcohol use can lead to dementia, particularly early-onset dementia. Um, uh, this was an interesting study that came out of, in The Lancet. They looked at a million adults um, in France, uh, and they found that... Uh, 16.5% of people that suffer from dementia, it was due to, or at least men, it was due to excessive alcohol use in 4% of women, which actually represented double the amount in people that did not use alcohol. Wait, due to or correlated with? Well, Ooh. I would... I, they, they surmised um, it was strongly strongly correlated with alcohol use because okay. they did actually... Um, they controlled for a few, um, a few confounding variables. Okay. Those which were um, Parkinson's, Huntington's disease, that also can lead to early onset dementia. So they excluded people that suffered from that. And these were people that were actually hospitalized for dementia. So it wasn't like a case of people were unsure and they were just kind of going out to the community to figure it out. So this was, these, these were people that suffered from serious dementia. Um, thought it was interesting and just kind of wondering when it comes to sort of alcohol consumption, where do we toe the line? Because in this study they weren't able to um, actually like, figure out exactly what constituted excessive. Yeah, the criteria for binge drinking, in my opinion, seems very low. It's actually yeah. surprising how easy it is to abuse alcohol, according to our government and the standards that they give. Yeah, I think it doesn't seem like there's enough, I guess, with causation, enough study into the causation. We know a lot about correlation, but on um, the causation of a lot of these things, because I've seen binge drinking um, go from four drinks in one city into, like, 20 drinks in one city. Mm -hmm. And so that's just a, a really wide disparity. First off, yeah. the mustache. Nice. Oh. Uh -huh. um, <laughs> second, I think too. Oh. <laughs> Very lovely. Um, I think too. It's um, it, it's just that adage that less is more. Like you shouldn't be, no matter what it is, because you know they first they said butter was bad for you, and it's just you want to have everything like one glass of wine yeah. is okay, but three or glasses. Good. Yeah. Sometimes they say that, like, what, a couple of glasses a day is beneficial. Right. Yeah. So, but, you know, a full bottle every day might not be a good thing. So it's just kind of... And then it also is dependent on your genetics and how your body takes it. Like, I, I, know, I, I know of people who are, like, binge drinkers or drink more than the average person on a daily basis, and they're living fine. Well, like, I mean, meaning, like, they're, the... they're getting... They're aging, and they're aging... You can't believe the fact that they're aging well. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So it really that's also dependent too. I'm not saying that you should go and test this theory out. Well, yeah, but, you won't know until you're 65. Right. So, <laughs> but I just I just feel like anything in excess is just not not good. Like why are you drinking every day? And yeah. excess for me is different than you, right? Mm -hmm. They say like 
six drinks in one sitting, that's binge drinking, right? Yeah. But for you, that would be six. Me, it would be like three. And, then right. how, and for me, the big question is, how long are we talking? Are we saying like binge drinking for a month or four years when you're in college? Or right. are we saying 10 or 20 years? Yeah. Um, but I think... One thing we talked about earlier was uh, Trump's Trump's diet that's been noted is largely full of McDonald's. Mm-hmm. But you know, seventy plus years, the guy still doesn't drink. He doesn't, he doesn't drink yeah. exactly. And, I, and I, I often wondered if that's that one thing that when you add it to the rest of the stuff, really exacerbates things. Well, I mean, it just it, it depends. Again, he might be uh, obviously on the physical side of it. Yeah. You can see that the food's affecting him, but. As far as the internal, like that might still go out, be going for another you know twenty plus years. Yeah. So you just kind of you just kind of never never know. But again, I just think if you're what you have to deal with the mental issues, right? Mm. So Trump has already said the reason why he has McDonald's every day. Mm. So now he, obviously he's not going to go beyond that. But now <laughs> you have to wonder, okay, well, why do you think people are trying to poison you? Like, like you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm, I'm sure he has yeah. I'm sure he's, you know, yes, yeah. that could be. But if you're thinking that, and yeah. you think reason people are trying to poison you because they don't like you, then why are, you know what I'm saying? That's yeah. like a whole rabbit hole that maybe that's self-improvement, <laughs> something you want to look at. Yeah. And it's the same thing with drinking. Yeah. If you're drinking every day and to the point where you can't go without a drink, then it's no longer, and of course, if you're probably drinking, then it's, you probably might not be able to see that, but it's no longer about the alcohol itself. It's more about mental stability. Yeah. It's like, okay, well, why are you drinking? every day and why can you go without why can't you go without a drink every day yeah so there's all of that but you know I we're, think we need we're that. In America, I think so. we need the spin-off show. TK fix my life. Uh, like, no, the, I like, up. She got the psychology. <laughs> Just you know, trying to helping one person at a time. <laughs> Trump first. <laughs> Trump first. Yes. Sit down on my couch. Forget I will. America first. Trump. I mean, <laughs> yeah. uh, our next story actually is about hot baths and saunas, which actually cut your dementia risk. So if you are going to drink, you know, maybe you should step in the sauna and maybe cut your risk, even it all out. Um, but they also find it helps with pain and lowers the incidence of heart attack. Um, they actually did several studies in Finland where the population, where they actually had the population to test mm-hmm. because it's a huge thing over there. Right. Um, and they found that people actually got better in terms of their improvement from injuries um, as well as their um, endurance during their athletic activity. And it lowered their blood pressure as well. And more than that, um, they found that, well, not that they found, but they did want to warn that if you get a fresh injury, you do want to ice within the forty-eight, the first mm-hmm. forty-eight hours. So while heat can help recovery, you want to wait after the first forty-eight hours. Um, do you do anything? I know you got some intense, intense workouts yeah. um, and catching some of them. Um, do you do anything for recovery? Do you use heat? Do you employ it in any particular way? I actually go the opposite direction, yeah. and I do cold after a workout. But I've okay. heard recently about both, like yeah. that um, 20 minutes in a sauna after a workout can yeah. like very much increase, increase the benefits you got from the workout. Yeah. But in general, this is like a biohacking kind of thing that people are saying now there are three parts to health, and our culture has only ever looked at two of them, mm-hmm. which is eating right, working out, and this third part is exposure to different temperatures. And yeah. now people are just starting to understand that but yeah ice baths and like getting super hot is, is something like um, I've certainly been experimenting with funny enough I do the same thing but yeah. I, I'll do the sauna but then I'll do the ice the ice yeah. shower afterwards uh, so Tim Ferriss read, he had yeah. this book called the four hour body yeah. mm-hmm. and so he had done well ice baths which raises testosterone I forget X amount but that was painful so he started doing cold showers and also icing his neck and traps mm-hmm. and so before competitions when I was competing I would also ice you know for a few weeks going into them and right. now I do the cold showers and I found that my body feels better. Um, I don't know if it's a placebo effect, but either way, it's working. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I don't. The cold. Well, I've done ice baths, and yeah. I, I 
fine. Like I can get into an ice bath. Obviously, the first you know minute is torture. But the cold shower is like the water hitting down at you. I just can't. Oh, I lower it. So the way yeah. I do it is I do hot, and then I just slowly lower it over the course of the shower. So by the end of the shower, it's bone cold. But it yeah, makes it so much easier on my body. I can't do that because I like it like uh, abusively hot. Me too, but if you right. low, try, try lowering a little bit of time. That's or go all the way. Yeah. If you go abusively hot and then just all the way cold. Yeah, like, no, and then I'll be done. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, because, well, because the thing is, when you're doing the ice bath, you're like slowly getting in. And I think for me, mentally, it's like I'm talking myself into it. I'm talking, I'm giving myself And your reasons. body's lowering its temperature yeah, a little bit. I'm giving so, myself yeah. reasons why. But the ice, like with the shower, it's just like, no, trick. Like you're here. <laughs> <laughs> like, the, it's not, so I can't. I, can, no and I, I, I know people who do it, but I can't get into it. Um, with the saunas, I don't mind the saunas too much, but it's the um, the pools, the... Oh, yeah. Um, they're hot just, tubs. Yeah, the hot tubs are just germ traps. I can't, mm. can't do it. Mm. Hanging out in a Petri dish. Yeah, <laughs> I just, and even and even the, the, the sauna sometimes, depending on where you go, like, I mean, you have people, I don't mind the nudity, but when your cheech is sitting on the, like, and then, like, you, <laughs> the, you can't, like, I don't do that yeah. for that particular reason, but now you have everybody else who doesn't think about that, so yeah. now their cheech is sitting on somebody else's cheech, yeah. it's just... Sanitary Walking for you, in like above. yeah. It's it's, it's like too too much. So if I had my own my own house, which yeah. you know, hopefully I definitely um, go in that. And the Korean baths are really nice for that yeah. too. Like if you go to We in I think West Hollywood or something yeah, like that. We they Star, have the different ones yeah. where you can go into. So I definitely agree with that. But I mean, you could talk to some professionals and they say don't do the ice, do the heat, or vice versa. Yeah. So. I think there's a bliss point where you can find the right amount to get to work for your body, and so you kind of have to experiment and do a little body hacking. Yeah. How do you, how do you do it? Do you just jump in straight cold, or do you do a? It'll generally be after workout, so I'm already super hot, and then yeah. I'll just shock myself with the cold. But that's a part of it because I feel like it's an antidepressant, and it's been like prescribed, you know, <laughs> back in the day as one of those because you be like once you get your body to sort of deal that deal with that, you get a high. I get out of yeah. the shower, I'm like I feel superhuman. Yeah. Have you done cryo? The the no, oh, I haven't. Really? Have you? Awesome. Yeah, with the gloves and everything. Yeah, yeah, with the gl- and you, and you do feel like you come out feeling almost like you're on a drug. You're yeah. like yeah. but your body your body just wants to warm up. Yeah. It's the same like, it's yeah. the same effect after you feel like coming out of the ice bath. You feel yeah. like like you know, I used to like I tore my hamstrings and every time I came out I felt like it was like brand new hamstrings. Yeah. Yeah, the cool. same thing with Cairo. It's the same yeah. same effect after you come out. That's nice. Uh, and is, then, it, is it really nice? Yeah, it's it very nice. I think too what people um, people don't do. I think it's just a timing thing, given yeah. the society that we're in. It's like if you get the some people are just happy to get the workout in, which yeah. is like that's kind of where I'm at. Like you have an hour and a half or an hour or forty minutes to squeeze in this workout. You don't stretch. Like you don't do the ice bath. You don't do all this other stuff. And now you're like you know more susceptible to possible injuries. Yeah. So it's just kind of like. And people, when you read the magazines, nobody really, they might talk, you have, might want like an article of some cute girl doing some, you know, stretches, but you don't really know the effects of it. And we might not be stretching enough. Yeah. So all that plays into a role. So maybe, you know, you might want to do a more intense workout for 30 minutes and then, you know, get the stretching and the sauna and everything else in. But And funny enough, what I, like, I've had people try to like say, how do I start? How do I get into the gym? How do I do this? And they'll say, what do I do my first couple of weeks? And I tell them, is there a sauna at, at your gym? And if there is, I go, go to the sauna for 30 minutes every day. Because it's the easiest, if that's the workout, people do it. Mm-hmm. And then it's just getting them into the in routine. The habit, yeah. And then now I go, after the two weeks, okay, now run a mile and then hit the sauna. 
run a mile, then hit the sauna. So and then you can just hit them with a mile, not even like yeah, a walk right? oh, no, 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 no. They can walk it on a treadmill or they okay. can run it. But like, but I just get them into the routine of like going to the gym every single day. Because what do they say? 21 days and you mm. form the habit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so that can be something for people that are like, how do I get myself to the gym? Just, just imagine going to, you're going to the spa and have a good time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Another story that uh, also related to um, heart and our heart health is women are actually at a greater mortality risk because a lot of their symptoms are overlooked um, when they go to get diagnosed. And it looks like more than half of doctors will misdiagnose women or not catch the fact that the symptoms they have are related to heart attack. Some of these symptoms include shortness of breath, cold sweat, nausea. But uh, a lot of the symptoms are, that are more problematic are the ones about pain. So any pain above the waist could be an indication of heart attack. Mm-hmm. If you have a pain in your jaw, oh dear. yeah. So the the, the primary areas, <laughs> you're like, wait. A minute. I mean, these feel tight now. I don't know. <laughs> so the primary areas are your jaw, um, between your shoulder blades, mm-hmm. um, pretty unique. Your arms, your neck, um, and your upper back. So if you have pain in those areas, that could be an indication that something more is going on. And then of course, um, any chest pain, mm-hmm. and they say. The chest pain can the chest pain can range from an elephant sitting on your chest um, to someone feel, giving you a tight hug right. to feeling like your bra is too tight. Hmm. So you have to be aware of all those things. And I think part of it is they were saying some women will describe their chest pain so lightly that the doctor doesn't understand that it's correlated to the heart attack. It might they might describe it as chest pressure mm-hmm. or um, you know so feeling something in the chest but not describe it as pain. Some right. doctors miss it a lot. So you have to end up being your real your own. Your best judge when it comes to what you're feeling. Yeah. Uh, with you, do you, because you're so fit and you're always working out, so you're kind of always in a state of achiness. Mm-hmm. When do you figure out, okay, this might be something more, or I need to take a break, or I need to get it looked at? I have no idea now. This is on my brain. <laughs> I mean, yeah, if I do like a day of cleaning jerks, is that is that a heart attack now? <laughs> because that's all traps and chest feeling, yeah. yeah. So, I don't know, interesting. <laughs> I don't know, there's, I think there's uh, three options. One is somebody doesn't work out, but somebody who doesn't work out tends to feel they're not without pain, if that makes sense. Like, they kind of adjust to, you know, they're always shortness of breath of walking upstairs and all this other stuff. Yeah. And then for somebody who does work out, like you were saying, you know, I, I don't know a day without pain. Yeah. Like, the, fortunately, my body's like, okay, your hamstrings are hurting, your back won't hurt today. Like, yeah. that's how my body... That's how, <laughs> it knows to, yeah. like, we're going to put somewhere else. Yeah, for, yeah. yeah, I don't know why, but that's yeah. just how it, how it goes. So I'm used to some type of pain one way or other. And then, two... Um, if you go to a male doctor, they might not, I, I'm not saying that, you know, they can't work with, with fit women, but the the pain that they might associate, like you're telling them about, yeah. they can't really connect with it because they've never experienced it. Yeah. So that might be another thing too. So it's one of those things where as hopefully somebody who is fit, you kind of know your body well enough where you can kind of, oh, well, this pain is not the normal pain. But somebody who's fit generally might not go to the doctor because they think that they're fit and eventually whatever. So it's kind of putting women in general, if that's the case, that yeah. we're all going to fall And we fall have a apart. higher tolerance for pain, too, right? yeah. because of childbirth. So yeah. that probably explains why women are saying tightness and men are saying it's yeah, pain. This is right. pain. Yeah, yeah. So I, I think the takeaway is you really have, no, you, should, <laughs> you have to be extra connected and then also know that if you have a, if you have a history of it in your family that – that pain in your jaw might be something more. I, I would say if you have some of these symptoms and you're having them, obviously on a regular basis, go to the doctor. Right. But if you have them and you also have a history, it's really important to um, to go to the doctor at that point. And uh, what, a lot of do- what a lot of doctors were overlooking was the history of these women. Okay. So they weren't even inquiring further regardless of the background. 
Or yeah. even a history of something that's not your normal pain. Like when yeah. I had, um, I sprained something in the bottom of my foot. It wasn't yeah. the normal pain that I am used to having. Yeah. And, therefore, and then my foot started, tw- it was a whole kind of series of events that it's not the normal, like, oh, I'm sore, yeah. whatever. So that led me to go to the doctor and, you know, he was able to take care of it. Mm-hmm. So it's just kind of knowing that, you know, I, I think your body gives you clues where it's just like, okay. This is what's happening, and then they kind of send you alerts, and they continue sending you alerts, and they'll, you know, if you don't pay attention, then it's just too late. Yeah. So, in the t- yeah, just the <laughs> important to pay attention you know that, to the body. I feel like I just read WebMD. And <laughs> okay. You're like, oh no, what's wrong with me? <laughs> uh, and another interesting story came out of the uh, German Olympic Village in South Korea. So apparently, uh, Kronbacher, a brewery, um, sent them 1,000 gallons of non-alcoholic beer. Mm-hmm. Um, they've done very well in the Olympics this round. Um, several several gold medals. I think they were at the top. I don't know. Did they finish with the most gold medals? I think Norway mm-hmm. did. Or yeah, uh, did Germany they, end they up in that medal count? But they were up there. Yeah. But apparently, maybe it's working. So it's they like will drink non-alcoholic beer. Most of them drink it throughout the training, the Olympic ski team as well. And there might be some uh, potential science links to this. One is polyphenols. They say beer has um, got a lot of polyphenols, which are antioxidants and have anti-inflammatory components. We find it in green tea, dark chocolate. And so that might be why you're getting some performance gains out of these athletes. And then there's the carbohydrate component that you might get after a workout where your body needs carbs. Mm -hmm. Except non-alcoholic beer doesn't have as many as your normal beer. It's got way less than you actually need. Mm -hmm. So, And there's no sodium that you need to replenish afterwards. So and there's no protein, of course, for your for your muscle synthesis. So I've also heard that carbonation helps you rehydrate faster. Really? Yeah. Huh? I haven't heard that one. Mm. Uh, it, why? <laughs> I I don't know, why? but that's like that's a, a component of beer that I heard that like, makes it good for you. Okay, yeah, well, after a workout. But but you miss the sodium. Right. Oh yeah. And so actually, I think beer and then non-alcoholic beer, the two profiles are so different. Because mm-hmm. um, with beer, you actually do get enough carbohydrates to kind of replenish you, yeah. and it probably has a little bit more sodium. Will it have more sodium from the? I, I think it's probably the same sodium. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, see, non-alcoholic beer has kind of some alcohol in it, so I'm wondering yeah, like when they sent. Oh. Yeah. Is, is it is it like zero what they sent them at the, the yeah. Olympics, or is it like point oh four or whatever? If you well, have enough of them, you could maybe get. Well, a Well, Germany is the leader in craft non-alcoholic beer. Oh, so wow. you, they have over. 400 um, non-alcoholic beers. So it's a huge thing over there. It's like, so possibly they perfected the non-alcoholic yeah. beer. Yeah, yeah. Um, so Norway is a total of 39 medal count and Germany was second. And uh, Canada was okay. nice. What up, Canada? So, um, Crossfitters are known for that. Like after they're finished yeah. with the workout, they down beer like it's nobody's business. Are they doing non-alcoholic or alcohol? No, no alcohol. It's beer. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, it's just well, beer. Like they have a beer <laughs> garden at the CrossFit Games that some athletes just go to and they're competing. So and curling, you, they do that too. The, uh, it's actually tradition that the loser in curling buys a round for the winner. See, I, I think that would work in the immediacy of the event. But if you're doing that as a long-term, long-term plan, because yeah. ethanol ruins your, um, your muscle synthesis of protein. So. Mm-hmm. Not ruins. It's it's a scale. Inhibit. Yeah, inhibit. That's true. That's true. But I still think. Well, that's the nature of Fitbit. You can still get. So then, so do you? Do you have? What do you do? Do you do you you have extra protein to compensate? Are you doing a beer after workout? Yeah, yeah, occasionally, and you know, probably more than I should be. But yeah, (laughs) it fits into my macros, so you know, I just counted as carbs or fat even. And so, um, how did you develop this love affair? um, I guess with with alcohol, or I guess making it entertaining because. You came 
came up with a power hour while you were in college? Yeah, I, I have a live show that's like based on that drinking game. Okay, that's amazing. So wait, explain how this happened because I, I've read all this stuff. I once you came to the studio, I said, wait, is all this stuff I've read true? Because it, it almost <laughs> I'm sounded. Lying in my bio. <laughs> well, I didn't know if it was sort of like you were the, the personality was like, oh, I'm this crazy Danny person that oh, you know, like yeah. playing character. Had, yeah, yeah. Uh, so you start a power hour original. You wrote and, um, and created a sixty second. A 60-minute yeah. power hour. Yeah. So 60 songs a minute. Yeah, the album is 60 songs. They're all one All minute. original songs And when by I perform you. it live, people then, like, drink along. It's like an interactive party. Wow. And so by the end of it, are you the only one sober, or are you drinking along with people? I have not, I'm not drinking. I'm <laughs> So, yeah, the whole crowd is just best friends by the end. <laughs> That's amazing. And it, I love this part, because you. I'm a lawyer, and you had some trademark issues now with this yeah, as well. Yeah, all right. You would be interested in that. Someone claimed that they invented power hour, which isn't true. It's like... It's like saying, I, I own poker, and no one can play poker anymore. Yeah. And so I took, well, he took me to court, and then, you know, I freed Power Hour, so now we can actually Jeez. use the name and play the game. That's amazing. Yeah. And having to deal with that, like, right after college, it's insane. I know, yeah. yeah it was a little stressful. <laughs> uh, and then how did the fitness component come into it? I mean, I've always been active, and yeah. it's just sort of been, like, every diet book I open, it says, like, the first point that everyone says is, stop drinking. Yeah. And I... I would like to be a living, breathing counter to that to show that, like, you can still have a good time and, like, yeah. be pretty darn healthy and fit. Yeah, and I think, yeah, because I, uh, when I did a lot of training, I know people would say to me, like, can I keep drinking? And that was actually mm-hmm. a, a sticking point for some people because yeah, they right? were like, it's part of my life. Yeah. Um, and so I would always find out what they did drink and say, here's how to make it appropriate and timing-wise, when's yeah. the best time to do it? So it's sure. possible to incorporate it. Right, yeah, and you're not going to be competing at the Olympic level if you're drinking <laughs> right. with alcohol in your beer, but, like, you could still live a pretty great life. You could be curling, though. I think, yeah. you, could, I think you could be curling. You could definitely be curling. <laughs> you could probably be curling and drunk at the same time. <laughs> uh, and right now you have a show on Twitch called Fit Face. Yes. Uh, how did that come about? Uh, I started putting the camera on. I mean, I was working out every day, and so I was like, yeah. hey, I might as well just hang out with people while I do it. <laughs> so I've been... Um, training and chatting with people while it happens. So where are you training at? Um, Phoenix Effect on Melrose. Oh, yeah, I know that. Are you familiar? Yeah. Um, oh, my gosh. This chick works there. Who's who's the coaches? Beth and Kristen are the ones that live stream with me. Uh, I think it's Kristen. Yeah? Oh, my God. That's yeah, awesome. I know Derek. Yeah. yeah. I, tr- I stream with them, like, four times a week. Oh, what is her name? You continue. I <laughs> that's fine. Could have find her. But, yeah, it's been pretty cool. They're, nice. They've been super helpful. And like just helping me with my training and stuff, and I'm hoping other people get stuff out of it too. Yeah, and and so what I noticed first of all was your physique super ripped. How are you? Like, what what is it you're doing? You too. Yeah, (laughs) but I was. You're a vegan, right? Yeah, vegan beer. Do you you drink? Oh yeah, Uh, of course. That doesn't sound right. And I will say some some alcohol is not vegan, which surprised me. And so I'm still trying to figure that part out because like I don't really have the wherewithal to always ask like, is the wine vegan? Mm Because that's really counterintuitive to me. Yeah. Nicole C., uh, do yeah. you know her? Hmm, I don't know. I haven't trained with her. She's one of the people that teaches there? No, I think she just kind of works out there. Oh, okay. Yeah. Got it. But, yeah, sorry. Yeah. So she, that's one of the things I've had to watch for. Um, what was I saying? Totally <laughs> You're talking about off topic. Twi- yeah. uh, you were talking about how ripped I am. Yeah. Yeah. That's what it was. You were talking about Twitch and... Uh, <laughs> no, no, no. It was how ripped she was. I was like, wait a minute. I need to get the workout program. What's the workout program? What are you... Like, are you doing splits? Or like, what, what is it? Oh, yeah. So I recently started doing bodybuilding, which yeah. I'd never touched before. I mean, before that, it was CrossFit. Yeah. And before that, I was doing kickboxing. I bike all the time. I used to be a competitive figure skater. I don't know. I just... All around just, like, being active. So, so I don't have been one South thing. Korea. Oh, yeah. Oh, right? my God. I mean, no, once I hit 12 and I was not at the Olympics, I was like, all right, I got it. It's not going to happen. 
Wait, so yeah, so the, what's the training look like day to day now? Day to day, I've been doing what they what they train at Phoenix Effect. It's uh, similar to CrossFit, except that it's more cross training. So it's it's like functional fitness, but um, with like a sports edge to it. Mm-hmm. So we train like football players and, and soccer players and things like that. Okay, and what's fun. your what's your one move you can't do without? Then is it the clean snatch you were mentioning that? Oh yeah, I love yeah. snatching. <laughs> yeah, yeah for sure. Uh, it's very technical. I love the the, the technical yeah. aspect, and then also if you get it right, the amount of weight that you could put over your head is gonna. It, and crazy. it's super fun. It's it's like dance almost, where you have yeah. to put your body in the right place in space. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've never liked it because like it could, if you do it wrong, the risk can really suffer from it. Yeah, or like your head or all <laughs> yeah. of your. It's terrifying. You're pulling, you're pulling a weight from the floor yeah. over your head yeah. in one when movement. When you get to that weight, where yeah, it's kind of not so. Who good. invented this? <laughs> We're dumb. Well, it works. <laughs> and what's your diet looking like right now? I mean, I track my macros, but it, um, I guess you could say that it's that that if I fit, if it fits my macros, yeah. uh, that style where it's like I don't have clean everything, but I make sure that I hit the right carbs, fat, protein every day. And so sometimes those carbs happen to be beer. <laughs> <laughs> well, because yeah, one of my big things with if it fits your macros is people seem to use it as a I eat shit all the time. Yeah, right. That's, that, right? that's not like, the right way to do it. Yeah. So you. So how do you go about making sure that you're having that right balance? I generally, yeah, I generally stay clean. But if it's like if something comes up, I, I won't like schedule a cheat day. It's just, but if like people are going out and partying, it's like yeah. I, oh, I can sort of like let myself go and like live without worrying yeah. that right. I'm gonna fall off the wagon somehow. Because it's just the way you're eating. So you don't schedule cheat days. No. Okay, I totally agree with that. Like, yeah, don't schedule yeah. a cheat day. Yeah, because like then, your then diet. you. You get into this thing where it's like, oh, you're looking forward to the cheat day, and the cheat day might roll into another cheat day because you've been kind of like st- not starving yourself, but looking no, forward but, to but so yeah, much. Withholding from yourself. Yeah, yeah. like if, if you have a cheat day, the implication is the rest of the days are like restricted days. Right. So, you know, you're on lockdown. But you also have to realize, too, if you're like sitting at, at a desk nine to five, mm-hmm. then having a cheat day or like is probably not the best thing. Maybe a yeah. meal, depending yeah, on what your right, goal right. is. But yeah. if you're active, like a lot or you had two really three or four really rough days and you want a piece of cheesecake in the middle of the day but you know you're going to work out then it kind of you know you kind of go with the flow but don't go out of your way to yeah I think I think we're just so kind of almost I want to say brainwashed but we're we're in this mode of thought that you either have to eat one way and that is the only way to get Mm -hmm. to where you want to go to and if you fall off in any way you just you've erased everything that you've done Right, which is just such just, a yeah, spirals <laughs> downward. Yeah, it's, it's such a bizarre answer. way of thinking. You never get to the point where you're actually having like balanced diet. Right. I'm not looking at things as a cheat. I'm looking at things as this is good for me today, and this is not as good. But I'm going to have it. and I'm going to have something better later. Right. On. And sometimes you need that bad. You need yeah. that so your body like fights off the whatever <laughs> your cheat was. Like it actually is beneficial for you to eat extra. Yeah, for your body to say, okay, extra calories are coming in. We're going to yeah. burn some more now, and mm-hmm. you're not going to like a point of stasis. Yeah. Um, I what was my last question. Uh, want to know in your career so far? I guess to what digit? Can oh you now, no! To what digit can you now recite pi? You I read you to bring my this bio. Up. I want to need you to bring this up. Yeah, okay. you open it. You have to. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> I another done this forever. another one of the reasons well, I, I was unsure as to whether she was telling us the truth here <laughs> was in her bio. She said you can recite pi to the fiftieth degree. I was like, oh, that's one of the things people say. That's kind mm-hmm. of a fun little quirky thing. Yeah. So, no, I can. I I'm pretty confident that I got this. So we're gonna get pi up on it's the screen. It's been a minute since I'm not looking. Yeah, I'm not you looking. Can't look that way. Um, can you, can you, is this, oh my god, I'm such a nerd. There we go. I can't believe that I... We're going to get this a little bit bigger. <laughs> I'm never getting a date again. Uh-huh. Thanks, guys. <laughs> okay. Can we go any bigger with that? 
<laughs> there we go. Perfect. Ready? Ready? 